Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of his kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpachah. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Journey with me through the entire Bible in one year, focusing on the biblical calendar, the Sabbath, the feasts, and the Torah reading cycle. We have many voices, interpretations, and points of view out there, but there is nothing like listening to the crystal clean, pure Word of God in your life. It is living water for your spirit, as it is written in Romans 10:17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. When we listen to the spoken Word of God, it is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Hebrews 4.12 Did you know that you can now listen to Daily Audio Torah on multiple platforms? Find us on SoundCloud, Anchor FM, and Spotify. Stream wirelessly to your speaker, or listen on your smartphone. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the King James for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Emor. Leviticus 22, 1-15 And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak unto Aaron and to his sons, that they separate themselves from the holy things of the children of Israel, and that they profane not my holy name in those things which they hallow unto me. I am the Lord. Say unto them, Whosoever he be of all your seed among your generations, that goes to the holy things which the children of Israel hallow unto the Lord, having his uncleanness upon him, that soul shall be cut off from my presence. I am the Lord. What man soever of the seed of Aaron is a leper, or has a running issue, he shall not eat of the holy things until he is clean. And whoso touches anything that is unclean by the dead, or a man whose seed goes from him, or whosoever touches any creeping thing, whereby he may be made unclean, or a man of whom he may take uncleanness, whatsoever uncleanness he has. The soul which has touched any such shall be unclean until evening, and shall not eat of the holy things unless he washes his flesh with water. And when the sun is down, he shall be clean, and shall afterward eat of the holy things, because it is his food. That which dies of itself, or is torn with beasts, he shall not eat to defile himself therewith. I am the Lord. They shall therefore keep my ordinance, lest they bear sin for it, and die therefore if they profane it. I, the Lord, do sanctify them. There shall be no stranger eat of the holy thing. A sojourner of the priest or a hired servant shall not eat of the holy thing. 
But if the priest buy any soul with his money, he shall eat of it. And he that is born in his house, they shall eat of his meat. If the priest's daughter also be married to a stranger, she may not eat of an offering of the holy things. But if the priest's daughter be a widow or divorced and have no child, and is returned to her father's house, as in her youth. She shall eat of her father's meat, but there shall no stranger eat thereof. And if a man eat of the holy thing unwittingly, then he shall put the fifth part thereof unto it, and shall give it to the priest with the holy thing. And they shall not profane the holy things of the children of Israel, which they offer unto the Lord." Judges 6, 1-40 And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian seven years. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel, and because of the Midianites the children of Israel made them dens which are in the mountains, and caves and strongholds. And so it was when Israel had sown that the Midianites came up, and the Amalekites, and the children of the east, even they came up against them. And they encamped against them, and destroyed the increase of the earth, till come unto Gaza, and left no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep, nor ox, nor donkey. For they came up with their cattle, and their tents, and they came as grasshoppers for multitude. For both they and their camels were without number, and they entered into the land to destroy it. And Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites, and the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. And it came to pass, when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord because of the Midianites, that the Lord sent a prophet to the children of Israel, which said to them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt, and brought you forth out of the house of bondage. And I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians, and out of the hand of all that oppressed you, and drove them out from before you, and gave you their land. And I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Fear not the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. And there came an angel of the Lord, and sat under an oak, which was an Oprah, that pertained unto Joash the Abbey Ezrite, and his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him, and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. And Gideon said to him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? And where are his miracles which our fathers told us of, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this your might, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent you? And he said to him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall smite the Midianites as one man. And he said to him, If now I have found grace in your sight, then show me a sign that you talk with me. 
Depart not hence, I pray, until I come to you and bring forth my present and set it before you. And he said, I will tarry until you come again. And Gideon went in and made ready a kid and unleavened cakes of an ephah of flour. The flesh he put in a basket, and he put the broth in a pot, and brought it out unto him under the oak and presented it. And the angel of God said to him, Take the flesh and the unleavened cakes and lay them upon this rock and pour out the broth. And he did so. Then the angel of the Lord put forth the end of the staff that was in his hand and touched the flesh and the unleavened cakes. And there rose up fire out of the rock and consumed the flesh and the unleavened cakes. Then the angel of the Lord departed out of his sight. And when Gideon perceived that he was an angel of the Lord, Gideon said, Alas, O Yahweh, for because I have seen an angel of the Lord face to face. And the Lord said to him, Peace be unto you, fear not, you shall not die. Then Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it Yahweh Shalom. Unto this day it is yet in Oprah of the Abbey Ezrites. And it came to pass the same night that the Lord said to him, Take your father's young bullock, even the second bullock of seven years old, and throw down the altar of Baal that your father has, and cut down the grove that is by it, and build an altar unto the Lord God upon the top of this rock in the ordered place, and take the second bullock and offer a burnt sacrifice with the wood of the grove which you shall cut down. Then Gideon took ten men of his servants and did as the Lord had said to him, and so it was, because he feared his father's household and the men of the city, that he could not do it by day, that he did it by night. And when the men of the city arose early in the morning, behold, the altar of Baal was cast down, and the grove was cut down that was by it, and the second bullock was offered upon the altar that was built. And they said one to another, Who has done this thing? And when they inquired and asked, they said, Gideon, the son of Joash, has done this thing. Then the men of the city said unto Joash, Bring out your son, that he may die, because he has cast down the altar of Baal, and because he has cut down the grove that was by it. And Joash said to all that stood against him, Will you plead for Baal? Will you save him? He that will plead for him, let him be put to death while it is yet morning. If he be a god, let him plead for himself, because one cast down his altar. Therefore on that day he called him Jeroboam, saying, Let Baal plead against him, because he has thrown down his altar. Then all the Midianites and the Amalekites and the children of the east were gathered together and went over and pitched in the valley of Jezreel. But the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon, and he blew a trumpet, and Abiezer was gathered after him. And he sent messengers throughout all Manasseh, who also was gathered after him. And he sent messengers unto Asher, and unto Zebulun, and unto Naphtali, and they came up to meet them. And Gideon said unto God, If you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said, Behold, I will put a fleece of wool in the floor, and if the dew be on the fleece only, and it's dry upon all the earth beside it, then I shall know that you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said. And it was so. For he rose up early in the morrow, and 
thrust the fleece together and wrung the dew out of the fleece, a bowl full of water. And Gideon said unto God, Let not your anger be hot against me, and I will speak but this once. Let me prove, I pray, but this once with the fleece. Let it now be dry only upon the fleece, and upon all the ground let there be dew. And God did so that night, for it was dry upon the fleece only, and there was dew on all the ground. Luke 22, 54-23, They took him and led him and brought him into the high priest's house, and Peter followed afar off. And when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall, and were set down together, Peter sat down among them. But a certain maid beheld him as he sat by the fire, and earnestly looked upon him and said, This man was also with him. And he denied him, saying, Woman, I know him not. And after a little while another saw him and said, You are also of them. And Peter said, Man, I am not. And about the space of one hour after another confidently affirmed, saying, Of a truth, this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. And Peter said, Man, I know not what you say. And immediately, while he yet spoke, the cock crew. And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter, and Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, Before the cock crows, you shall deny me three times. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. And the men that held Yeshua mocked him and smote him. And when they had blindfolded him, they struck him on the face and asked him, saying, Prophesy, who is it that smote you? And many other things blasphemously spoke they against him. And as soon as it was day, the elders of the people and the chief priests and the scribes came together and led him into their council, saying, Are you the Christ? Tell us. And he said to them, If I tell you, you will not believe. And if I also ask you, you will not answer me, nor let me go. Hereafter shall the Son of Man sit on the right hand of the power of God. Then said they all, Are you then the Son of God? And he said unto them, You say that I am. And they said, What need we any further witnesses? For we ourselves have heard of his own mouth. And the whole multitude of them arose and led him to Pilate. And they began to accuse him, saying, We found this fellow perverting the nation and forbidding to give tribute to Caesar, saying that he himself is Christ, a king. And Pilate asked him, saying, Are you the king of the Jews? And he answered him and said, You say it. Then said Pilate to the chief priests and to the people, I find no fault in this man. And they were the more fierce, saying, He stirs up the people, teaching throughout all of Jewry, beginning from Galilee to this place. When Pilate heard of Galilee, he asked whether the man were a Galilean. And as soon as he knew that he belonged to Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who himself also was at Jerusalem at that time. And when Herod saw Yeshua, he was exceedingly glad, for he was desirous to see him of a long time, because he had heard many things of him, and he hoped to have seen some miracle done by him. Then he questioned with him in many words, but he answered him nothing. And the chief priests and scribes stood and vehemently accused him. And Herod, with his men of war, set him at naught, 
and mocked him, and arrayed him in a gorgeous robe, and sent him again to Pilate. And the same day Pilate and Herod were made friends together, for before they were at enmity between themselves. Psalm 95, 1-96, 13 O come, let us sing unto the Lord, let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart, as in the provocation, as in the day of temptation, in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my work. Forty years long was I grieved with this generation, and said, It is a people that do err in their heart, and they have not known my ways, unto whom I swore in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. Proverbs 14, 5 and 6 A faithful witness will not lie, but a false witness will utter lies. A scorner seeks wisdom and finds it not, but knowledge is easy to him that understands. I'd like to speak to you today from our reading from the book of Judges, chapter 6. And it's a really interesting story, and there's a lot of really great principles in this section of Scripture. So let's begin there. And in Judges chapter 6, verse 1, it is written, The children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian for seven years. Now, let's notice a principle here. Um, the Lord is the one who delivered them into the hand of Midian. And why? Because they were in rebellion. They were in sin. They were doing evil. So it's something to remember. Sometimes when we're in a conflict, as a nation, as a people, or in an individual level, we think, oh, the enemy is doing this to me. But sometimes the nation, the people, or the individual have done wickedly, have done evil, have departed from the word of God and from his ways. And because of that evil and that unconfessed sin, the Lord delivers them into the hand of their enemy. Because ultimately, Yahweh is sovereign. He is in charge. He is in control. And he is the one who allows the enemy to come in and afflict a person or a people or a nation. Continuing on, verse 4, the Midianites encamped against them, the Israelites, and destroyed the increase of the earth and till they came to Gaza and left no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep, nor ox, nor donkey. So they're agrarian, they're farmers, they raise their, their crops, and they have animals and food that they grow, and the Midianites is destroying 
the increase of their crops. And so we have a spirit of poverty now that has come upon Israel. And they have lack. They have great need. Verse 6, And Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites, and the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. So let's notice two things about this. The spirit of Midian brings forth poverty. So if we have a Midian giant going on in our own life, some kind of a an attack, if it's creating poverty, then it's a, an attack from the spirit of Midian. And what was the result? In their po- poverty and in their lack, the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. And that's the whole point. Why does God afflict us, allow us to be afflicted by our enemy? He wants us to repent. He wants to bring us to repentance. And as long as we're comfortable and all of our needs are met and life is wonderful, we have no need of God. But when all of a sudden the pressure is brought to bear in our lives and now there's need and there's lack and there's difficulty, there's pain, there's trouble and trial. Then, not always, but often this is when we do cry out to the Lord and we cry up, look up to him. And so, verse 7, And it came to pass, when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord because of the Midianites, then the Lord sends a prophet to them to speak to them. So, this is a teachable moment. The Lord wants to teach them. He wants to correct them. He wants to bring them back into right relationship with him. And the prophet tells them the following, I brought you up from Egypt, he's speaking on behalf of Yahweh, and I brought you forth out of the house of bondage, and I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all that oppressed you and drove them out from before you and gave you their land. And I said to you, I am the Lord your God, fear not the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you dwell. But you have not obeyed my voice. And so he's rebuking them. He's saying, look at all the things I've done for you, and yet you did not obey. So then in the next part of our chapter, we see that God is going to raise up Gideon to be as a deliverer to the people. But if you can look into your own life, and I can certainly look in my own life, I see that pattern in my own life, that in the time, the years that I was living my own life apart from the Lord, I didn't know him, I didn't seek him, I didn't read his word, I was doing my own thing, that um, there came a point in my own life when my marriage was in a shambles, a, a divorce was looming over my head, and I was so broken and so hurting. It was like um, the car of my life had been driven over a cliff and was at the bottom of the canyon, shattered in all kinds of pieces. And it was in that place of great brokenness that I cried out to the Lord and said, Okay, I've tried driving the car of my life myself. And it has not worked very well. I've driven the car over a cliff. 
I want you now to be sitting in the driver's seat, and I will be the passenger. I give my life unto you. But for me, it took uh, a lot of pain and brokenness for me to get to that place. So this is, you know, an example of an application of these things that we're talking about from this chapter, that sometimes God allows the enemy to come in and do some real harm to a nation, to a people, or to an individual. And the whole purpose of it is to get them to that place of brokenness and true repentance. So now we see Gideon, and he is um, a little bit fearful. He doesn't have a lot of confidence in himself, and he, he doesn't think that he's up to the task and up for the job that God is calling him to. And so he does what's called, well, many people refer to it as the Gideon's test, the fleece test. And so he he asks God, if you really are going to be with me and you really are going to deliver the Midianites into my hand, then tonight when I put this fleece out, let there be dew in the morning all over the ground, but let the fleece be dry. And in the morning, that's exactly what happened. Um, no, that on the first night it was the opposite. It was let there be dew all over the fleece, but nothing on the ground. And so in the morning, um, there was a big bowlful of water that that was squeezed out of the fleece. A whole bunch of water came out of the fleece, but there was no no dew on the ground. And then Gideon speaks again to the Lord and says, "Now let's do the opposite. If you really are with me." and you really are going to deliver the Midianites into my hand, then tonight, let there be dew all over the uh, ground, and no dew on the fleece. Let the fleece be dry. And in the morning, that's exactly what happened. There was dew all over the ground, but the fleece was completely dry. So it's sort of a test. And it was just because he wanted to know for sure, without a doubt, that the Lord was with him. So sometimes we can pray that way, but it's not really, it's kind of showing that you don't completely trust him, that you're looking for a sign. And so sometimes if you're new in the faith, walk, and you haven't walked with him a long time, and he hasn't proven himself to you over and over and over, and you have a history of him being so faithful to answer your prayers, uh, you know, someone who's kind of new in the faith might do this Gideon's test, the fleece test. And not literally the fleas, but they might say something else that's like it. Like, Father, if you want me to go visit this person right now, then, um, you know, let this XYZ thing happen in the next 30 minutes. And then that XYZ thing happens in the next 30 minutes. So it's like, okay, it's a sign I'm supposed to go see them right now. <laughs> so anyway, we're going to continue the story of Gideon tomorrow in the reading. And I pray that you have a very blessed day and that you walk close to the Lord and follow his ways and stay in his pathway so he can put his blessing and his favor upon your life. He only allows these enemies to come in when we've wandered from him. So we don't want to wander from him. Amen. Have a blessed day. And we'll see you tomorrow. Yevarekakah 
Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. <laughs>